You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. I had thought it might take us until Monday to get my next guest on the line such as the interest in her research, but uh, I'm able to speak with her now. I referred earlier on, talking to Professor Kingston Mills about the new research. According to the examiner, for example, it says people vaccinated against COVID-19 are equally as infectious as the unvaccinated. The study was published in the Lancet Infectious Diseases uh, Journal, and it's, it's used detailed infection data from household transmission and it says that the peak viral load for both vaccinated and unvaccinated people who are positive is broadly similar and of course skeptics are now asking the question well why are we bothering with vaccination at all so i wanted to get deeper behind the headlines which is what we do on the opinion line but i should say i'm joined by Dr. Annika Singhanayajam from the Imperial College of Medicine, the Department of Infectious Diseases, who's one of the lead authors on this research. Uh, Dr. Singhanayajam, good morning. Thank you for being with us. Good morning. Good morning. Go into a little more detail about what this lead finding is, because a lot of cynics are now saying, oh, why are we bothering with vaccinations? But that's not your finding. No, it's not. Um, So what we did, as you said, was we carried out a study in UK households that was quite detailed. Um, And how we did that was um, when there was a case of COVID-19 in the community, we tried to um, recruit the people who had been in close contact with that case, so the people that they were living with um, predominantly. Um, And we carried out detailed investigations. So we asked them to do swabs on themselves for um, up to two weeks. Um, And and that enables us to see how many people um, that case was then going on to infect, um, particularly in a household setting. Um, And what we found was um, that the people in the household who were double vaccinated um, were less likely to get to catch the infection from that case than those who were unvaccinated. Um, but you do, you, you are still susceptible when you're fully vaccinated. So we had one in four um, people in the household um, that became infected from that case. And that was compared to 38% or about two in five who were unvaccinated. Um, so the vaccine is doing a job in reducing your risk of catching the infection, um, but it's not completely stopping you from being able to catch the infection, particularly in a household where you know people are obviously in very close contact with each other. Mm. Um, That was one of our... Did the findings surprise you at all? Um, I think 
<laughs> I mean, that, that's that's sort of the first finding. And yes, that did surprise us um, because I think that one in four um, chance of getting infected, um, you know, from somebody that you're living is living with um, is still quite high um, despite being vaccinated. And I think um, particularly early on, that did surprise us. And that um, then prompted us to look into, into it in a bit more detail and try to understand um, about what was happening when those vaccinated people were then infected. Um, so that sort of moves on to the second part of the findings. So what we can see is, <coughs> sorry, is that when a vaccinated person becomes infected, even if that's less likely to happen, when it does happen, they are equally able to pass it on to household members as those people who are infected um, that are unvaccinated. Um, and that's supported by our findings that you mentioned about the amount of virus in the nose and throat of vaccinated people who get the infection um, is still very similar to those who are unvaccinated. Mm. And so they are still able to spread it, um, particularly, I mean, we looked really in households where, you know, you're living in close contact with people. Yeah. Six months ago, when, or slightly longer ago, when the vaccines finally began to arrive, you know, people were very hopeful that they'd prevent the infection, that they'd drive the R number way down below one and that for example here in Ireland with huge numbers of the pop, of the population now vaccinated we'd have very little to worry about sadly it looks as if that might be uh, uh, is that is that is that gone now i mean is it would be um, wrong in that assumption well i think when the vaccines were rolled out the primary aim of the vaccine is to break the link between um your infection and getting severe illness, so going to hospital or dying from the infection. And that is the primary goal of the vaccine. And that's why they were introduced. And, you know, that fact still remains. So when you have when you have vaccine protection, you are far less likely to get unwell from the infection. And that is the main thing. Um, and, and, and so I think a secondary kind of hope for the vaccination effort was that it would help to drive down um, transmission. Um, we didn't know to what extent that would be. Um, and um, what we can see is that from our, from our, from our research is that um, vaccination is reducing your chance of getting infected, which um, will also contribute to, to reducing transmission. So there are two ways that you can um, reduce transmission. The first is to you know, prevent people getting, getting infected as much. And the second is, once you're infected, to reduce those people's infectiousness. Um, and so we can still see that the vaccine <coughs> is having some effect at reducing your chance of becoming infected, um, but you still can get infected and you still can spread it. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I guess, particularly, you know, with the Delta variant, which is more um, transmissible, more infectious. Um, I think that the case is that the, the, the infection is going to continue to spread yeah. even amongst vaccinated people. Um, however, you know, vaccinated people um, are going to be far less likely to go to hospital. Yeah. When the vaccines were being developed, we were dealing with the original, what they now call the wild strain, and then we had alpha and all of that. Did Delta totally change the game and again in terms of it's how, how it deals with vaccines or how vaccines deal with it yeah yeah i mean 
So Delta, we can see, is more transmissible than alpha, and alpha was more transmissible than pre-alpha. Um, so we can see that, you know, as the virus is um, spending more time infecting more, more people, it's adapting to, you know, wanting to spread more rapidly amongst us. Um, and, you know, we do, we, we do see that... Um, we, we do see the effects of that, I think, on the case numbers. Um, and that's, you know, Delta is contributing to the reason why we're seeing more cases. Um, I think, you know, because the vaccine started to be rolled out kind of more towards when Delta emerged in the UK, um, there's not as much information about how effective, <coughs> effective the vaccines were at pr protecting against alpha. But it does seem that they were better at protecting from... You, protecting you from getting infected with the alpha variant mm. than they are with Delta in comparison. Um, and so Delta definitely has, um, you know, made a difference. Um, but, you know, a lot of the data is around Delta and, you know, that is what we're dealing with now. And mm. so I think, you know, that, that's what we have to go forward with. There's a lot of uh, development still going on in terms of vaccines. They're even talking about a second generation vaccines. Is it a realistic hope that one day we'll vary one of the vaccines we have or come up with a new one that, that we'll do what uh, we originally wanted to do as in yeah. kill off this thing? Um, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I would still say that the vaccines that we have are, you know, working, still working really well. I mean, mm. they're still remaining very effective at stopping you getting ill. And that's the key thing. Um, you know, it's, and, and they are kind of also stopping you from the chance of you getting infected, which is also important. Um, I think that if we're hoping to have a vaccine that will completely um, drive down transmission, um, you know, we know from history, from other infections, that um, it may be that we need a different type of vaccine to do that. So we know from um, flu, which is also another respiratory infection that you know, sometimes you need to deliver vaccines directly through the nose and the throat to get more of a, an effect on, mm. um, you know, preventing transmission of infection. And so I wouldn't say that these findings are overly um, unexpected. Yeah. Um, I think we've just got to remember that the key aim of the vaccination drive is to stop people getting unwell. Um, and, you know, sort of as much as they can affect um, reducing transmission is also important um, um, but you know that's that's kind of a secondary aim of the yeah. effort I would say. Where, where is the research going next finally from what you've now found where do you take this next? Um, so I mean we've carried out a quite detailed study in these UK households and um, the participants of our study um, did, you know, a lot of intensive work. They would, did lots of samples for us. Um, and so we're going to hopefully use um, that sort of data set to try to answer some more important questions um, about COVID-19. So um, looking at things like um, when are you most infectious and why? Um, looking at how people's immune responses are developing through the infection and um, hopefully using that kind of information, which is not easy to collect. Um, first of all, it takes a lot of you know, labor-intensive work to, to capture all of that information. Um, but um, we're going to keep going forward with that 
um, use the information we've got to answer some more questions and um, hopefully keep going with the study just in case um, new variants emerge or things change and we can hopefully quite quickly add to the public health response and mm. you know help our understanding and our policymakers to know what to do. How, how important is it lastly, uh, Doctor, for people to understand this is an ongoing learning process and that something we believe today and have science to show us today could have completely changed in a month from now. How important is it to bear that in mind? Oh, it's so important. I mean, with um, with this infection, it's so new that we're only learning every day. Um, you know, there's so much research coming out that things change within weeks, within days. Um, you know, new research is coming out that's adding to our understanding. And also, you know, the, the virus is changing, our populations are changing, what we do is changing. Um, and so, you know, we've got to kind of uh, respond rapidly and, you know, uh, keep 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 on working at un- our understanding of the infection. Um, I think that it's going to be a continued learning experience for some time and we've got to do what we can to um, respond to uh, th- th- this, this infection. Okay, listen, thank you very much for being with us today from the Imperial College of Medicine, Department of Infectious Diseases, and one of the authors of that new research published in The Lancet, uh, Professor Annika Singanayajam. Thank you for being with us on the opinion line. 1850-715-996. It's being reported as if there's no point in getting vaccinated, but listen to her. She's saying, yes, the vaccination still keeps you from getting sick. It is very sick. It is still harder to catch this thing if you are vaccinated. A lot harder to catch it if you are vaccinated. Once you caught it, however, the vaccine prevents you from getting really sick. The thing that you got to watch is that this research now tells us that you are as infectious as someone who's unvaccinated should you happen to catch it. Although what Kingston Mills was saying to us earlier this morning was that your infectious period may not be as long. So someone who's unvaccinated could be infectious for days. You might only be infectious for a couple of days. So the really important thing is to continue to get vaccinated. Corks 96 FM. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.